from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Why aren't as many people signing up to be teachers? We need to change that narrative. We need to change that story because we need people in the classroom to educate our children. What our group set out to do was to give $1,000 each year that a, a student is in college pursuing an education degree, job shadowing, additional money for a loan repayment program. I'm Sarah Fenske. When it comes to the shortage of teachers in America, one local school district is looking at an unusual talent pool, its own student body. The Collinsville Community Unit School District Number 10 hopes to get those students thinking about careers in education before it's too late. Its new program is called K-Hawks Teaching K-Hawks. And joining us now with the details is Brad Skurdich. He's the superintendent of the Collinsville District. So Brad, welcome. Uh, good afternoon. How are you today? So I'm good, and I'm excited to talk to you about this today. Um, I understand your district formed a diversity and equity committee in 2019. What things did you find in that that K-Hawks Teaching K-Hawks aims to address? Well, we started off as a, a grow your own committee because we were looking to find future graduates that wanted to pursue education as a career. But as we got into conversations with teachers, ed assistants, and support staff, as well as uh, principals, the conversation led only not only to teacher recruitment, but it also led to career training opportunities and cultural awareness. And so after about a year, uh, we started as a Grow Your Own Committee, and we changed our name to the Diversity and Equity Committee because we needed to address uh, multiple areas to try and uh, lure some of our students back into the education profession. So how do you see the idea of teacher recruitment being directly linked to issues of diversity and equity? Well, we have a population in Collinsville that's about 55% white, uh, roughly 26% Hispanic, and around 15 to 16% African American. And so when we look at our student body and we look at our staff, uh, they don't correlate, but that is not only true in Collinsville, that's true throughout our country. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that, the, the, the best piece that we can do when we train kids and they go through high school is we prepare them for the next steps in life, whether that is going to be college, a, a two-year uh, technical school, or straight into the workforce. So we have that opportunity to open a lot of doors to them and show them what careers are available to them after high school. And when you say the, the student body doesn't correlate with the composition of the teachers, you're looking at about 92% of the teachers in the district are white. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. And so if you could get some of the, the students who have a more diverse background, if you could get them interested in this, that would be a way of, of sort of directly changing that statistic. Absolutely. And it's, this is not something that's going to change overnight or in the next one or two years. But what we want to do is recruit students with a diverse background and minority students because studies show that students perform better when they see teachers that look like them. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we need to do a, better, do a better job of in our district and I think as education as a whole. But the other key piece to that is when our students walk through our halls, they see a snapshot of life. And what we want to do 
in this process is provide students with um, teachers in the classroom that reflect what they're going to see in the real world after they leave our halls. And so the more diverse of a population we can expose them to in our classrooms, the better. So you know your mission here um, and you know the target audience. What does your game plan look like to get them in line for these uh, teaching careers? Sure. Well, for, first off, we have to do career training and opportunities with our students. And that starts as early as the primary grades all the way through intermediate school, middle school and high school. And so that's the first and foremost so that students are aware of what doors are open to them as they go through our K through 12 system. But then when we get to the high school, that's where the, the changes start to evolve and be more um, prevalent and career focused. And through our career pathways, students can take a child and development instruction class their freshman or sophomore year as an elective <laughs> to kind of see if that sparks their interest and test the waters if education is a career they'd like to go down. Once they complete that through our Collinsville Area Vocational Center, they can pick up a course in early childhood uh, or a teaching as a profession course and the last one is an education practicum course. So they really get a taste of job shadowing, early childhood opportunities. They also get to experience teaching strategies and lesson plans. And then they get to also visit classrooms and be a part of that interaction with elementary and primary age students to, say, to see if this is an opportunity that they want to pursue as a career. They don't end up at college one or two years into their towards their degree and say, this is not a path for me. Mm -hmm. And so in looking at that, that really gives students more of an opportunity to explore this as a profession while they're still in high school. So this this practicum aspect, I mean, this isn't just sitting in a classroom learning about how to be a teacher, like they're actually getting to watch um, teachers teach. Yes, they would be in the classroom helping teachers, working with students, and seeing the, the behind-the-scenes aspect of what it's like in the classroom. And it's in addition to working with students and talking to parents, uh, interacting with the principal, they're interacting with the students. And when you talk about interacting with students, it's not just the academic side of the classroom. It's also helping raise those children. So they really get to see what goes on, not only in the limelight as a teacher, but also behind the scenes. And that'll give them a flavor of what it would be like if they choose this as the profession. So that makes total sense if you're interested in being a teacher of the younger grades. What if you've got a high school student that wants to teach high school students? It seems like it might be slightly more awkward to be like, hey, here you are in the classroom, you know, and they could be a student or they could be the assistant teacher. Correct. And so that we primarily had an early childhood teaching practicum course prior to this. So with the adjustment to our dual credit courses that are there with the teaching as a profession and the education practicum, that can also place students in the middle school. If, if they're a senior in high school or a junior in high school, they could be placed at the middle school in these in this course offerings and they could work through algebra classes. Now that's not going to be the same as a calculus class at the high school, but that's as close as we can probably provide that to give those students the opportunity to sit in those classes and interact with children younger than them to be similar to a student teaching experience, but it's not going to be the same as obviously student teaching mm -hmm. uh, would be at a calculus class in a high school if they want to be a calculus math teacher, but it does open that door. And that's what we wanted to do to let them see, hey, I'm going to be interacting with an upper level algebra class in the eighth grade. That's an opportunity we can provide these students. Hmm. That's so cool. And I understand that in addition to kind of this hands-on exposure and experience, there's also a financial component to this. How does that work? 
Well, one of the key things is we want to recruit students and draw them into the profession. And the best way to do that is obviously our teachers recruiting students and being mentors to them because they have them such a, a great amount of time throughout their uh, kindergarten through 12th grade years. But then in addition to that, there has to be a financial component uh, to draw people into our profession. And so what our group set out to do was to give a thousand dollars each year that a, a student is in college pursuing an education degree and then once they graduate if they choose to come back and interview at Collinsville and they are uh, hired as a future teacher for the district then we will give those individuals additional money for a loan repayment program. Hmm. So where does the money come from for that? So that, that's a really good question. And so what we did, we tried to make this uh, self-funded. So we don't want it to be having to fundraise annually every year. So in conversations with this and word of mouth that has transpired, uh, we were fortunate to establish a payroll deduction program with our employees and individuals can contribute uh, once a month uh, a dollar amount that they seem fit to help fund these scholarships and our teachers and our staff have been very generous about that and contributing in addition to that uh, through word of mouth and conversations and just talking about how we want to grow our teaching force we spoke with Amron Illinois and the, the president of Amron Illinois Richard Mark and we applied for the Amron CARES program, which resulted in a $25,000 donation in addition to some additional monies uh, for this program. So at that point in time, and, and Mr. Mark is an alumni of the Collinsville School District, we will take that, those monies and we will invest them uh, to ha so they can grow and live off the interest for years to come so it's not a one-time donation. Hmm. But in addition to those resources, we've also had uh, former graduates of Collinsville uh, High School, as well as former employees that have since retired, make significant contributions. And in the course of about a month since we first announced this, we've raised about $100,000 already. And that will be in a partnership with the Collinsville Area Scholarship Foundation. That will be put into an investment fund, or we were creating an endowment fund for that, so they can live off the interest for years to come and live past long the years after that Brad Scritage is in the district or many of the original members of the Diversity and Equity Committee have since uh, retired or moved on. So I gotta say, you said you don't wanna get into the business of fundraising. You guys are doing a really good job of fundraising. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I'm, I'm particularly struck by these teachers or other um, employees of the district taking deductions to support this program. This sounds like something people really feel passionately about. That's the f one thing that's amazing about our district is we have a large number of Collinsville graduates that teach in our district. Mm. And they're very passionate about the, the, their Cahawk roots. And so with that being said, they want to see their graduates come back and give back to the community the same way that previous generations did for them when they were in Collinsville High School or even the elementary and intermediate schools. And so we have seen an unprecedented amount of support from our teachers and community members but I think the greatest thing I could say about our staff is they care about kids and they care about their school district and they want to see that continue for years to come. And we can't change how many people go into education outside of our school district. 
but we can help recruit future teachers from within our walls and that's what they want to tackle and they're not only saying that in trying to help mentor students every day throughout their careers and working with children they're also doing that with a financial component and contributing resources towards that throughout the course of the school year Hmm. well it's so impressive you know thinking about this this teacher shortage this is obviously an issue far beyond collinsville and you guys are doing your part to try to tackle this but i'm curious your thoughts on on what you think is driving this why why aren't as many people signing up to be teachers or as many as we need at least well, I, I come from a family of uh, two retired educators, and my mom was a special ed teacher, and my dad's a retired principal. But I think as we have watched careers and how they have adapted in society, uh, we have a lot of males wanted to go into coaching, and that was their driving force to be in education. And we don't see that happening as often anymore. And then I think society has evolved, rightfully so. A large percentage of our workforce was female and a lot of females are going to the doctoral program for to be a medical doctor they're going to attorney ceos uh, the banking industry the food industry so a lot of individuals that originally thought that education was the best path for them have decided to go in future previous generations have decided to go have decided to go a different path Mm -hmm. and so we have been trying to compete with other um, business industries and and the workforce that in some instances is uh more marketable than being a classroom teacher yeah. and so we need to change that narrative we need to change that story because we need people in the classroom to educate our children yeah it's such an important job and and so many teachers do get such satisfaction from it i mean they're they're so into it i know though the last couple of years have been so tough and i guess i'm just curious overall in our in our final couple minutes here how is your staff doing today i mean do people feel like they're back to enjoying teaching after this last year that was just so horrible for so many teachers. I, I think it's been a roller coaster. When you go back through March of 20 and that fourth quarter that we were not in session to last year being in a hybrid alternate setting to this year, they have reinvented themselves three times uh, to a completely remote in March of 20 to last year in an alternating schedule and a shortened day and the integration of technology almost 100% where the kids were virtual or face-to-face. And then this year with not being in school last year, uh, students are, you know, lacking some of the maturity they would have had because they didn't have the time and the interaction in the cafeteria or at school functions and events to have positive situations, uh, challenging situations and grow and mature with their peers. And then you also see that some of the material didn't get covered to the extent that it has would have been in a normal school year. So I think they are grateful to have students. Well, I know they're grateful to have students in class, but now they're reinventing themselves for the third time in three school years. Oof. And everything they've known about education has completely evolved, and they've had to take out some of their old tricks of the trade that would always work, throw them out and start over. And that's almost like going from driving a, you know, a regular car uh, to an automatic to a stick shift overnight, and they continue to do it over and over and over and we're grateful for them and their flexibility but it's been tough for them but the one thing that stands out is our teachers truly care about their children and they they give it their all every day boy and that is just uh we're all so grateful for that this is a good reminder for those of us parents who sometimes forget what teachers are dealing with you just summarized that so well and um boy it's it's so good that they're continuing to do those jobs so brad skirtich uh, superintendent of the collinsville schools thank you so much for joining us today Thank you. I appreciate the time.
This episode was produced by Laura Hamden with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.